Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I got to have a lovely conversation with a literal legend. A four-time Tony nominee and a two-time Emmy nominee, Tova Feldshu is like the Energizer Bunny of performers. With nine Broadway shows, including her nominated terms in Yentl, Sarava, Lend Me a Tenor, and her tour de force one-woman show Golda's Balcony, over 100 TV and film credits, including recent-ish projects like Kissing Jessica Stein, The Walking Dead, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and her busy concert schedule, Tova has been an indomitable presence on stages and screens for nearly 50 years. On Monday, she will be back on stage at the Town Hall in New York City as part of Broadway by the Year, where she will join other Broadway greats like Emily Skinner, Max von Essen, Danny Gardner, and more to celebrate the musicals of 2000 through 2004. She gives us a rundown of some of the shows that are included in our conversation. The concert will take place on Monday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Tickets are available now, and we will obviously have a link for you to get them in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Tova Feldshu. Well, I appreciate you taking time to do this. I know you've been in rehearsals today, right? I'm in huge rehearsals for Houston. Huge for Houston. I'm going to Houston to sing for a thousand people on Saturday night, February 22nd. It's an all-community event sponsored by a woman named Carolyn Fleischman. And it's in the 1,000-seat sanctuary of the oldest synagogue in the state of Texas, founded wow. in 1854, just nine years after the state was founded. I call it the Lone Star of David, this synagogue. So <laughs> I'll be at Beth Israel in Houston. But I'm very excited about doing Tova Out of Her Mind uh, for them. And then I come back Sunday and I rehearse with the wonderful Ross Patterson and the band Sunday night. And then Monday, we're at Town Hall with Broadway by the year 2000 to 2004. It's that is a perfect explanation of when I think of how many times I see your name doing something, whether it's uh, a concert or a play somewhere or a TV show or a movie, it just feels like you are always doing something, oftentimes more than one thing at a time. Is this how your life just generally is? I think the function of a successful career is one word. Yes. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) And I love working for Scott Siegel and his concerts because it forces me to learn new material, and not a lot of it, but you got to learn it. You have to get it accurate, excellent, effortless, at least in the time you have. You try for it. And I find that it makes me strong. I did the Jerry Herman Memorial for him mm-hmm. and sang, if Shalom, Shalom, you'll find Shalom, this beautiful thing that Jerry Herman, his first uh, uh, Broadway musical, which was Milk and Honey, and uh, then uh, another one from Maine. But it, it was, uh, it's wonderful to work for him. It's convenient because it's down the street. I work with great people this uh, this Monday night at Town Hall at, at 8 p.m. I get to work with Max, Max von Essen, Nicole Henry, Ben Jones, the great Danny Gardner, and just 26 half-dancing geniuses. Who's going, they're going to open mm-hmm. the show. Brian Charles Rooney, Jenny Lee Stern, Leanne Marie Dobbs, and uh, the Broadway by the Year Chorus. So it's uh, 
20 songs from 20 shows from 2000 to 2004. So that's a very interesting time in Broadway history. Some of the bigger shows that we think of uh, from that time period are like The Producers, which was this huge hit then, but then some things that have kind of become some cult favorites like You're in Town and The Full Monty. Um, what Are you able to give us a little sneak peek about what some of the shows are that you're performing songs from? A sneak peek, yes. <laughs> La Cajo Folle, oh. The Producers, Mamma Mia, Full Monty. My favorite is the Rocky Horror Show and Dance of the Vampire. You got the hit and you got the flop. And that'll, that'll really be moving out. Um, oh, yeah. Boy from Oz, even. Gypsy. So it's going to be, and of course, 42nd Street. That's where those 26 dancers Of course. Come. So that's a very exciting number. Yeah, and that seems to be right up Danny Gardner's uh, alley as well. Oh, he's he's fabulous. You know, he's, he's fabulous. Yeah. Well, you talking about some of these shows and I wonder as somebody who has done so much in your career, both plays and musicals and cabarets and concerts, when you decide that you want to go see something for your own enjoyment, not because it's some sort of work related thing, what are the things that you seek out uh, for entertainment purposes? For entertainment purposes, I seek out the highest standard in any area. So when I was, forgive me, stuck in Florida doing a feature film and the most intellectual thing near me was SeaWorld, I went there once or twice, had a great time watching wildlife or sea life, I should say. And then I just couldn't bear it. And I went uh, to uh, Cape Kennedy to where uh, we launch our astronauts up into uh, the moon and we do. And that was fantastic to visit NASA. So I go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and see their special exhibits. Whenever I'm in a foreign country, I would rather spend money on an exhibit or an, an activity than on a dress. That's my thing. I'm at this stage of my life. I buy experience. And so I try to go to theater and musicals in New York for one good reason. They are so skilled. For those actors to have a job on that stage, there are hundreds of actors who were not chosen that day at that time. And when I used to teach at Yale, I would say to them, um, at Harvard Law School, they used to say to the, the, the young men back in the 30s and 40s, look to the right of you, look to the left of you. One of you will not be here next year. That's when they, what they said to the, to the first year law students. And I said to these kids at Yale, I said, for every one of you in this room, with me, some of you will take this gold dust and use it for the rest of your life. Some of you, we will just meet today and that'll be it. But know that for every one of you here, there's hundreds of budding artists that want to be in this room who were not chosen. Always remember that. So that's what I do for my amusement. I try to be around people of, um, uh, of high caliber in whatever their particular pursuit is whether it's Noah Racy as a, one of the great dancers and one of my dear friends, or whether it's Elie Wiesel, who won the Nobel Peace Prize, or Isaac Bishev, a singer who wrote Yentl, you know, uh, uh, or in, in this case, contem contemporaneously, I just had the honor of playing Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles premiere called Sisters-in-Law by Jonathan Shapiro, uh, who is quite brilliant, and it's about my relationship or Bader Ginsburg's relationship with Sandra Day O'Connor, these two women on the Supreme Court. So that was a worthy, a worthy pursuit. The biggest thing is 
when you need to take, sometimes with a good career, you take one job for you and one job for your agents and managers. <laughs> so if I, if I get pressured to take a job because it means a lot to them, I very seriously consider it. I don't, uh, you know, I live in a community here. And I, you know, they, they hand me stuff on a silver platter like this Houston gig and uh, like Clifford uh, for Paramount uh, over the summer. I enjoyed it and did Clifford the Red Dog. And uh, I'd like to pepper my career with great variety and would love, actually would love to go back to Broadway uh, again. I just have to find the, the right vehicle and the people that want me to do it. And then there we go. I wouldn't even mind bringing Goldust Balcony back. I'd oh, love wow. to bring it back after it's been away for 15 years, and I just think it'd be great to bring it. I'm 15 years closer to Golda's age. Yeah, 15 years closer. It's, it's a different deal. A lot has happened in those years. Absolutely. Well, I I didn't see it on Broadway, but I saw it when you brought it to Atlanta, which I guess must have been eight, nine, ten yeah. years ago at some point. Um, yeah. And it yeah, like eight or nine. Yeah. And it still was a a thrilling experience. But you you mentioned Golda's Balcony and you mentioned the Sisters-in-Law where you uh, played Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You do have this history of playing historically strong women. And whether that's those two or uh, Leona Helmsley, who I, you know, that's something that I know you would like to bring to to Broadway as well. When you go in and try to figure out your in to these women, I assume it's not that different when you said you want to surround yourself with people of great talent or whatever. All of these women obviously have great yes, skills and yes. stuff. That's... So how how is what is that process for you? How do you try to embody those people who are so well-rounded and so and have so many different levels of complexities? Well, first of all, I want to thank you and acknowledge you for actually um, threading together something I'd never considered that my desire to be at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and my desire to play Ruth Bader Ginsburg are completely connected because they're, pe- they're people or pieces of art or living and moving art as she has been for gender equality and the women's movement. Uh, Leona Helmsley was also a genius in her own right. She was the greatest executive housekeeper on the planet Earth, uh, next to Adolf Hitler, who wanted to clean up the world by getting rid of uh, the Jews, Down syndrome people, um, uh, have the Poles be enslaved, get rid of homosexuals, get rid of communists. He just wanted to clean up the world. It should all be white, but blonde, blue. So uh, he fortunately failed. And in the end, Leona went to prison. But she could see dirt where people couldn't even see it. They say that uh, talent is the ability to hit a bullseye nobody else can hit. Genius is is the ability to hit a bullseye nobody else can see. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg had to educate the Supreme Court that there was such a thing as gender equality. Leona Helmsley would lose her temper because her maids couldn't see the dirt that she saw and she just had to let them go. And sometimes she might have had a personality tick there or or two, which makes her very interesting to play. Whenever you play a character, it is not your job to judge them. It is your job to be them, to be them. And you have to find the path in. So Leona Helmsley had outstanding, extraordinary, um, uh, astronomical standards of excellence, standards of excellence that couldn't be reached by most and maybe couldn't even be reached by her, but she couldn't bear it. If she saw dirt, it was as if you put it on her face and it wasn't on the floor. Um, I was just thinking about Deanna Monroe, the head of Alexandria and the Walking Dead, or um, the wonderful um, Lillian Cantrowitz that I played in Walk on the Moon, or 
Judy Stein, the mother of kissing Jessica Stein, or oh, Naomi classic, Bunch, yeah. the mother of the great Rachel Bloom, <laughs> the great Rebecca Bunch. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I enjoy spending time with those women. Now, how do I prepare for them? I study them. I study them. I take Malcolm Gladwell seriously. 10,000 hours is what can possibly give you mastery. Now, I don't have time. None, no artist does really <laughs> to put in 10,000 hours on one character. Though maybe Golda Meir. Though maybe Golda Meir, because I've been playing her sure. on and off literally since 2003. Literally. 17 years. And I, I plan to perform her for the rest of my days because she doesn't limit me. I take her out like Wendy and Peter Pan meet once a year. You know, I take her out of the closet, dust her off. And the thing about Golda is the older I get, the better it gets. It's just the opposite of trying to do something to maintain your youth. It's I no longer have to reach for as much for the age that she starts to play at it, which is 80, though I'm, I'm not, not quite quite there to put it mildly. <laughs> no. Still, still yeah. around, still around, kicking around in my 60s. So um, I prepare by studying them, by getting footage on them, by studying their facial um, contours there, and by being with them. Uh, Justice Ginsburg has allowed me to visit her in chambers twice now, oh, wow. alone, and interview her. And then to, on two other occasions, I was with her last week at the Union Theological Seminary, where she received an award. And I was with her at the Philadelphia, um, the National Jewish Museum in Philadelphia, where she received another award. So I've been with her four times because I plan, and I'm hoping that Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the play will come to New York. I mean, that that is the ultimate plan. So um, that's uh, what I'm after. In the meantime, I'm very proud to say I'm earning a living as a singer. So that's really <laughs> thrilling for me, whether it's 54 Below, which I love, or uh, Michael has asked me if I want to go, or the Fine Sons has asked me if I want to go to Vitello's, which is their new room in, in Los Angeles, or whether it's going to Town Hall or whether it's going to Houston. I'm going to, going to Chicago for a big concert later on in the year, or um, whether I'm singing Where's the Bathroom. I mean, the, the most of my activity in the last month has been completely vocal and acting. I'm going back to Florida to do four more concerts, March 28th and 29th, three and eight on, on Saturday and two and seven on Sunday of Tova is Leona because it totally sold out down there. So I was thrilled that Kevin Barrett, the impresario, invited me back to the Meisner Performing Arts Center. So that's where that's I'm going to go at the end of uh, March. Yeah. When, whether it's doing these roles um, in shows or doing these concerts like uh, Broadway by the Year, do you find that you get something different as an artist out of them? Like as you're getting ready to go through all of those shows that you listed from 2000 to 2004 that you're going to be singing from on Monday, is there something that nourishes you in a different way when you're performing those things as opposed to when you're diving into these characters and these very complex and interesting women? Well, I've always wanted to play Mama Rose and I did play her mm -hmm. uh, in a production uh, in the Philadelphia area and haven't seen her in years and would have loved to have done that on Broadway, would have loved to have played Dolly on Broadway. So it is a way of revisiting your fantasies. At least I will be singing one fabulous number as, I don't know if I'll be as Rose, but representing Gypsy mm -hmm. on one of the great New York stages in Manhattan, uh, you know, right off, right off of, right next to the Broadway theater, so to speak. So we're getting, we're getting closer. It's, it's thrilling and I enjoy the pressure. I enjoy really? um, that little bit of pressure to 
get it good. Get it good, or as Justice Ginsburg would say, get it right, get it tight. (laughs) So I'm, uh, you know, working on my number, my little song every day. I, you know, I I touch it every day, vocalize every day. I hydrate every day. I had a little wine last night. No, 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 bad girl. (laughs) But I won't have any tonight. And uh, basically it keeps me lean as an actor. I And Scott's, whenever I go to, and whenever I'm in any of Scott's programs, I learn a great deal because you don't often get to go to a program where you have Mama Mia, Full Monty, Rocky Horror Show, Dance of the Vampires, Moving Out, um, Boy from Oz, Little Shop of Horrors, 42nd Street, and Gypsy, La Caja Fall, and the producers. That's amazing. One That's night great. You. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's very, very rich. And then he's got the pick of the litter because he's in New York City. You know, all these yeah. singers are... I, I take my hat off to them, as they say in, in Paris, chapeau, you know, I take my hat off to them. Yeah. Now, have you, you haven't rehearsed with any of the other performers yet, have you? No, I'm a soloist in this. Yeah. And the, a lot of the performers will be doing solo work. So I've only met Ben Jones. Of course, I know Danny Gardner because I was with him for Jerry Herman. I know myself. I know Max von Hessen. And I haven't met all the performers, but I, I look uh forward to it i met liana i i love town hall also don't forget town hall was founded by i think it's six women suffragettes and it was to um to make sure they had a meeting place for freedom of speech and they wanted to get the vote well the vote came to the united states for women we finally broke through after world war one it was 1920 and town hall which had which was being constructed expressly to push forward the suffragette movement finished in 1921. So once <laughs> Town Hall was built, its major purpose had been accomplished, and then it became a home of free expression, yeah. of freedom of speech. And uh, it was uh, originally a lecture, a lecture hall or a place where people could be heard. And I think it's wonderful to have these Broadway shows by the year uh, put together because in a way we get to hear four years of our life from 2000 to 2004 and visit those memories that are related to whatever show we may have seen ourselves. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great way to uh, look at the totality of the history of that venue, which, like you said, is an iconic venue uh, in New York City. That's uh, that's wonderful. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up on this because I'm sure that uh, you have other things that you need to do, even if that's just recuperating for your trip this weekend. But um, you mentioned all of the great shows that are being a part of this Broadway by the Year concert on Monday night. You've mentioned some things that you wish had come uh, to Broadway that you've done elsewhere. When you look at whether it's from 2000, 2004, or just something that you maybe haven't been able to do on stage yet, but would like to, is there a song, is there a role that even in your incredible career, when you are always doing something that you still feel like I want to do that, whether it's just a a song in a concert or an entire show? I always wanted to do that. Make, make woman of the year work. I'm one of the girls. Who's one of the boys. I would have loved to have tried to make that work. I would love to try to make Coco work. Starring in a Broadway musical on Broadway is my ultimate dream. I did so in my early career for mm-hmm. Richard Rogers and then did Sarah Va. And then, of course, I had the joy of playing Berta in Pippin, which I just thought was the cat's meow. <laughs> Look, you put an old bird hanging on a trapeze singing upside down and you're bound to stop a show. You know, it's just one That's of amazing. the great, great opportunities 
written and fashioned by the genius Diane Paulus for that revival of Pippin. I was doing Yentl when the first Pippin came out. And I worked for Stephen Schwartz in 1974. We were doing a review called Straws in the Wind for Phyllis Newman. And Phyllis Newman brought in all her friends, Stephen Schwartz, Comden and Green. I mean, it was unbelievable. And Stephen Schwartz's wife, Carol, was pregnant with a baby. And that baby would be born <laughs> Scott Schwartz. And Scott Schwartz, besides... You, you know him well. That's right. Scott Schwartz, besides <laughs> going to Harvard and majoring in psychology, became my director in Goldie's Falcon. And, That's amazing. Uh, he's just... One of the one of the he's one of the great moments in my life, as is his father and uh, mother. And I have a very today is a very lucky day for me because today is my daughter's birthday. And my oh. daughter was due February, February 9th. And she she was going to be named Amanda Clare after Ada Kaplan, my wonderful British grandmother. And she was not born February 9th and she was not born the 10th. She was born February 20th, oh. 1988. And that on February 20th, 1959, was the day that Ada Kaplan died. So she was born on what we oh, call wow. the yard site. And I feel all these things are destined. I think this is good luck numerology. So uh, speaking to you and looking forward to Houston and looking forward to Town Hall, uh, I have much to be grateful for and optimistic about on this uh, coming on these coming days ahead. Well, happy birthday to your daughter. And I there was one thing I need I have to ask because it is so off the off the beaten path that uh, I found it very interesting when I was kind of going through some of the things that I knew you had done. And this was something that I wasn't familiar with uh, off Broadway in 1992. It appears that you did a musical which featured a book and lyrics by Joe Masteroff called Six Wives. And Correct. you played half of Henry VIII's wives. And now there is a musical that just started on Broadway that's just called Six that has the Six Wives uh, of Henry VIII. Do you have any memories that really stick out of doing that show? Um, and are you familiar with Six? Is that something that you were looking forward to seeing as well? I'm going to see it on March 6th with my uh, oh, sister and brother-in-law and my, my husband. But it, it's a longer story than that. I did Six Wives because originally in 1974, after I worked for Richard Rogers and Rogers and Hart, he asked me to do a musical called Rex. It was starring right. Nicole Williamson, and I was to play Anne Boleyn in the first act, Princess Elizabeth I in the second act. And I had an out clause in Yentl in the contract for the O'Neill Theater to leave Yentl after six or eight weeks of its run on Broadway to go into rehearsals uh, with Nicole Williamson to do this. And I was, you know, hell bent on whether to do it. Yentl opened and it turned out to be a very big hit and a sure. turning point. It was my breakthrough. And everybody said, leave, leave Yentl. Your name is Tova Felchu. You're Yentl. You don't want to get boxed in. Here, Richard Rogers, the great legend, is asking you. You know, he handed me this role. Only one voice said it was Garson Kanan, who, of course, wrote Born Yesterday and who directed Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. He said, Jim Jick. He used to call me Jim Jick, which means little, little toy. And, uh, in Yiddish, I think, Jimjik, don't ever leave a hit. Yentl is your show. Rex is Nicole Williamson's show, and we don't know what will happen with Rex. We know that Yentl is a hit. And for some crazy reason, I listened to Garson Kane. <laughs> Rex opened. Nicole Williamson hit a chorus boy. Very nice boy, boy that I knew. He was taken up on charges, and the show would close. Wow. It was a flop. And I went out with Richard Rogers for lunch after that. 
And I said, you know, it makes no sense except for that incident because he said, well, Tova, maybe writing a musical about Henry VIII wasn't a good idea to, be, uh, to begin with. <laughs> I said, Mr. Rogers, it was a great idea. It was a great idea. And so then when I was offered six wives, I grabbed it. I remember because for Halloween, they went around the nursery school and this one said, I'm going to be a ghost. And this one said, I'm going to be a witch. And my daughter said, I'm going to be Catherine of Aragon because <laughs> I was playing <laughs> the first wife of Henry VIII and, and two others. And uh, so it was, it was a wonderful experience. I love to sing and uh, I, I must've had a presentable voice in my youth. And uh so whenever I'm asked to sing, I, I try to take advantage of it, and I hope the public still enjoys it. Yeah. Well, I think with how busy you are and how many people are clamoring to not only uh, involve you in shows, but then obviously selling out shows all over the country, I, I think that they are still very much excited to hear you sing. And I'm so excited that there are so many opportunities uh, to see you, whether that's on stage or on screen, because it's always uh, a delight. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It was really a thrill for me and have a wonderful time in Houston and a wonderful time at the town hall on, on Monday night. I will thank you. It was a joy speaking to you as well. And I hope many, many people will join us at town hall because it will be a singular night to remember. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt, and you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have social media information for Tova Felchu as well as information for the Broadway by the Year concert on Monday night in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the wonderful Tova Felchu, Scott Klein, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, oh, it's time to start living. Time to take a little from this world we're given. Always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. <laughs>